Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Um, boys, put down your utensils. I want to talk to you about something real quick. If there's anything that you want to talk about, any kind of secrets, now's the time to put it on the table, okay? And if you tell me, we're not going to do that. This is Dirt and Sprague. I went to the petting zoo and I I loved the goat like my brother. I know, honey. Promise you wouldn't get mad, okay? They're just, they're being honest. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. One time I put a firefly on my butt. Why? To make my farts glow. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I touched myself to Drew Perry on the past, right? Okay, that's enough. Stop, please. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here. Live, local, freezing. But we must endure. We power through. We battle on. We didn't yesterday, though. No. Well, we kind of did. Well, yeah, we did. We, we tried to give some content. We did a show from home. I know. I I, I think the you look at it from a certain perspective and you go, oh, you just get a, a nice little day off. But it's like, I actually really want to do these shows. This is one of my favorite times of the sports calendar year. There's way too much going on right now. I love playoff football. College football has become year-round now. There really isn't an off-season. And, you know, for me, I'm a sicko. NBA's going. Um, so I, I was bummed we couldn't do the show yesterday. If you missed the first hour of today's show... Due to YouTube being stupid or the station cutting in and out because it's frozen, we apologize, but you can catch it at the Service Patriots podcast section of 1080thefan.com. You can check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash thefan. And, of course, you can always reach the uh, the station and any of the shows all day at the Vancouver Ford text line 503 Two six. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them for more information at VancouverFord.com. I want to get to some college football stuff, but I must pass along a mighty important, a big station announcement. The first annual Fan Winter Golf Classic. How about that? Huh? Look at us. We're doing something in the winter. Ah, let's wow. go. That was the hooray. That I was the hooray. We were like a standing ovation. Swagalicious. Swagalicious. 1080 The Fan inviting you to play in the first annual Fan Winter Golf Classic. And you might be wondering, well, what? How? Yes. <laughs> we're going to be live out at X Golf Tualatin and X Golf Vancouver, Tuesday, February 27th. Sign up your threesome now. You can choose from either the 12 noon round or the 4 p.m. round at either X Golf location. Danny and Dusty, hopefully Danny can get better, uh, will broadcast live from X Golf Vancouver, and Isaac and Suk will be live from X Golf Tualatin. The winning threesome will win a free foursome at this summer's 10th annual Fan Golf Classic. The last place uh, last place threesome will receive a free lesson at X Golf. Go to 1080thefan.com for more info and sign your threesome up now. 
Now, is our show going since we're, nobody wanted an early tea time? Apparently, no. for us to broadcast live, I also likely will be on leave for this. So, I uh, likely, likely will not be available for this. <laughs> I had no idea this was happening until yesterday. I, look, I think it's a very it's an awesome idea. X Golf is great. I, I went out there last year to record a world famous Grip City Golf podcast with the one and only Mike Barrett. You did, and, and it was there my first time ever out there and checking it out. It's an awesome spot, and it's great for the winter because I have reached the depression level driving around of like this is our reality for a long time to come and it's not going to change and it's just going to be miserable and so it's a great way to go kill some time and hit some golf balls and have fun with some buddies and their TVs and beers and all that kind of stuff this is how out of the loop I am though and I think we're all in inclusion on this I got texted from a friend who is a uh a sponsor at times of the station last week okay asking if I was playing in the fan winter golf classic and I responded I don't know what you're talking about wait <laughs> Somebody that doesn't work here. Somebody asked if that you were doesn't work it? here, who is occasionally a, a client. I of just this. announced it. I know he knew about it last week and texted me and asked me about it last week, and I said, "I can you give me any details? I'll, I'll answer you then." And he said, "What's well, coming up at the end of February?" And I said, "Well, I'm, I'm my I will probably be on paternal leave, so I'm not sure if I will be able to make it." But I I did get a try. I was wondering when he texted me. I was wondering when the announcement was going to come. So I'm glad it's here now. We got all the specifics. We have a lot of things happening behind the scenes without telling other people that's ha that it's happening. And I, I find that fascinating as a communications company that we operate that way. Don't get... But I'm pretty started. excited about this what's happening. Cool. It's really fun. It's a great idea that we should have been doing a long time ago, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, you know, we've only had so many indoor golf places up until the last yeah. year or two. Barrett's dominating the dojo now, man. X-Golf's all over the place. I've played at X-Golf Tualatin. I played the uh, the old course over there, and uh, I got my ass kicked. <laughs> uh, every shot seemingly went into sand. Hard to factor the in the wind when you can't feel the wind. Yes, that is true. Well, the good thing about X-Golf that's cool is they actually have um, different hitting surfaces, so if you're in the sand, you put your ball in an area. If you're in rough, there's a rough area you put your uh -huh. ball in. It's not just a traditional mat. It changes up. So it's really cool. It makes you feel a little more like you're actually there. Again, go to 1080thefan.com for more info. We're looking for threesome. Sign up a threesome. And it's a great grand prize for the winners to get into this, the Fan Golf Classic in the summer. I would argue yeah. it's almost just as cool a prize to be dead last and be awful yes. because you get a free lesson out of it. That's a win-win right there. It is so a win-win. Is somebody going to tank the winner golf classic? I will be the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> of that tournament. You're going to tank that for a free lesson? We're tanking for free lessons, <laughs> yes. Right. Well, I'm in a hand position here. How's this feeling? Am I transferring my weight the way that I'm supposed to? Uh, one last time, Tuesday, February 27th, noon round and 4 p.m. rounds available. X-Golf locations will be live broadcasting from Tualatin and Vancouver. Go to 1080thefan.com if you're interested in joining us for our first Ooh. Fan Winter Golf Classic. Very exciting. Uh, I wanted to start the second hour with some college football, and I wanted to get to a couple nuggets. I am seeing all of the peoples make fun of Alabama for losing all of their talented players, <laughs> and I'm seeing everybody laugh at Washington uh -huh. because they're also dealing. They don't have a single player coming back from their offense from this year. No, open tryouts. You guys got any eligibility left? They just lost their freshman lineman of the year, a four-star kid, to the portal. Yep. Sure, I can roll in an NBA class or something. I find it interesting. I forget the writer's name. Let me pull up the article here. Mm -hmm. There is an article on 24-7 yesterday, and a lot of Beaver fans, Cougar fans, Arizona, you know, the, 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 the kind of the second tier of college football world 
laughing that an article was written about how now the transfer portal <laughs> and the climate of college football is a problem because Alabama can't keep Caleb Downs or Michael Proctor yeah. and Washington doesn't have a single player from their offense coming back. Now this is a problem, <laughs> even though, as the schools I mentioned, have been completely railroaded for months out of this whole situation. But now it's a problem because Alabama's suffering a little bit from the portal. I think it was an on three guy that sent out that tweet. I don't know if there was an article for it, but that's how I that's where I saw that take and I had the same reaction that you did. Of just like this has been happening for 4 days in a row now to Washington's roster. It has been slowly depleted and bleeding to death and nobody batted an eye. Nobody cares. And now that Alabama's losing Caleb Downs, who is one of the best defensive players in the country and probably heading to the NFL Hall of Fame uh, in a matter of time and Proctor who was the number one tackle in the country, likely heading back home to Iowa, but he was almost an Oregon commit at the time, so I know that name well. Can I give you a hot take on yeah. him? What do you got? I watched the Michigan game. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. There wasn't Bum. one single <laughs> lineman on that team that did anything to help Jalen Milrow. Sure. So, like, that's fair. I know he's a big name and a big ranking, but I think Alabama can be okay. I think the Caleb Down one is the death. That's, that's the, the massive one. one. And yes. the Proctor one, I mean, he's a true freshman, so I he's, he's going to get better. Connerly was a, tr- a true sophomore this year, and he had some rough moments. It's going to happen when you're a young offensive lineman. It'll it'll happen. But it is hilarious that now Alabama's suffering through this. It It is a big deal. We need to fix this as a sport. Here Here is the reality, and this is... It's really tough to say in the moment, but you have to remind yourself as a fan. Now, I have never been through a gutting to this level, but when a coach leaves right around signing day, it feels like a back blow. Hold right? on. Like, I, I, I want to push back on that just out of curiosity. Yeah. Even when Lanning got there, whether you think they're departing or showing the door, like didn't Lanning have 21 players from the Mario uh, he had a regime. lot of ki- he had a lot of kids that transferred, and they had a lot of guys that decommitted in that class of Mario left. It has they didn't lose like every starter on the. They, they, I think Washington legit has like thirty scholarship players left. Well, I know, but Alabama's an example where everybody's Alabama's laughing. Similar, they yeah. lost. I think they've lost twenty one now to the portal, and the Downs won again. I think you you and I are lockstep there. That's massive. And he's going to Georgia or Ohio State, but like Lanning did this two years ago. He had he to go through. It. Got yeah. there, and he lost some guys at the portal. He lost some commits, but he also. You know, college football, the thing they don't talk about is like it's the nudging out the door. It's like, hey, uh, <laughs> for a lot of these guys, we don't want yeah. you anymore. There's not a roster spot for you. Right. Here, here's what I would say, though, to all the fans that are struggling and even Washington fan. Like, this is brutal. You've had a horrible two weeks and it's awful. What goes around is going to come around. If you hire the right coach and we'll see if Jed Fish ends up being that guy. Guess what's going to happen next offseason? Somebody big's going to leave a job. Somebody's going to get fired. Ryan Day could get turfed at Ohio State if they don't win. Brian Kelly is already under scrutiny at LSU because his defense sucks, and he wasted Jaden Daniels. If Mario doesn't win at Miami, you think they're just going to roll him out again? That's going to be totally fine. Like, There's a lot of these circumstances, and guess what? Somebody's going to get fired. Somebody's going to leave for another job, and what are you going to ask your program to do? You're going to ask them to go pillage that roster and bring in all their players. This is a survival of the, of the fittest sport. It's turned into that in conference realignment, and it's turned into that in roster construction. And so if you're going to be open arms welcoming guys from the portal, you cannot bemoan the system because that same system that is tearing your roster down currently is also going to help you rapidly rebuild it. Wait until the spring window. There's another transfer window once we get through spring football. Do people realize that? In April, all this stuff opens up again, and you can reenter. There's going to be a ton of names to throw their, their, uh, their, their names in the ring, and you're going to be able to go get those guys as well. So it sucks in the moment. It feels like a back blow, but it also 
also allows you the ability to rebuild your roster in a quicker fashion than you could have without the transfer portal. I'm seeing a lot of way too early rankings and thoughts from people in the college football world. Your team in almost every single one of these is either second or third in the country. Yeah, Ohio State and Georgia are the, are the probably top two teams, and then Oregon is right there in the mix. The Oregon-Ohio State thing is just a subjective opinion. Uh, obviously, almost all this is, but like in terms of power ranking in the Big Ten or even in the country, some people like Ohio State a little more. They have a lot of players returning, underclassmen, and experienced guys that could have gone to the NFL. And Oregon, by all reports, is bringing in maybe their most talented roster of all time. Could be. Here you go. Here we go, baby. The expectations are here from old Dan Lanning. This oh, is here. a title or semifinal type team for most people. Mm-hmm. And that's the weird thing. Getting in the 12-team playoff, you're pretty reasonable. People always ask me, how big of a honk is he? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, he's a little bit of a honk, but I think he's pretty reasonable on most things. I'm almost like, I don't think just the 12-team playoff is good enough. The way that people are talking about this team all way too early in January, sure, there's a lot of noise. Maybe the second best team in the country because Georgia's going to get the respect from everybody. But it's either you or Ohio State, second or third, and it's just interesting. We're going into the new year. You're going into a new conference. I think I have an audio clip surfacing somewhere where you could say, "Well, you're going to go in and win that conference." Well, right now it appears you can, and the expectations are not just top twelve. The expectations no. seem to be like top four. Yeah, I was going back and forth with a listener yesterday about Georgia because this, uh, the Alabama thing. What scares me about what they're going through is eliminating a predator for Georgia. Like that's the scary part. If Caleb Downs goes to Georgia, like the rich are just going to get richer. A, a team not named Alabama has not beaten Georgia since the COVID season of 2020. Georgia has not lost to anybody other than Alabama for three straight years in college football. One of those years, they were 15-0 and and won a national championship. The other year, they lost Alabama and then beat Alabama again in the national title. And then this past year, the only team they lost to is Alabama. You've kind of, at least in the short term, eliminated their predator. It's going to make them stronger in recruiting. It's going to make them stronger in the portal. I already think there was a gap there to close. That's the tough part I have with this. I think the expectations are sky high for Oregon. They're one of the best teams in the country going into next year. Are you on that level? And time will tell. Uh, Let's get back in the divisional round, a little college football stop. We've got some college basketball audio. Is one coach not happy? Uh, He's going to a conference where it's probably going to make him more unhappy in about a year. So we'll get to that. Uh, We may may have some other notes in college football to get into. we got Ken Barkley at 8. I want to talk. I want to ask this question going into the break. Is this your favorite weekend of the NFL playoffs? That's next on The Fan. Will Birchfield will join us. 97 won the ticket in Detroit. They host the Buccaneers. One of our listeners saying, actually, I th- think he thinks the Bucks could be the team to pull the upset this weekend because Detroit's uh, secondary. Okay. A little exposed. Could be a big day for Evans. I don't, I'm still trying to gather where I'm at on all that stuff. But what I would say is, despite what the outcome was in the regular season, Detroit does go in through weird stalls offensively where they go quarter, two quarters, where it's like, what are they doing? They definitely do. I remember the Green Bay Thanksgiving game. That that one startled me. I was, they got their asses handed to them by the Packers in that game. Yes, they did. The Bucks in the last week of the regular season scored nine points against Carolina Panthers. And <laughs> Baker, as an underdog, seemingly dangerous. Baker's a favorite. Never bet on him. Oh, okay. Is that a thing? 
it is a thing. And Jared Goff is Jared Goff. So, like, he could be really good. <laughs> he could also look broken, and you don't know what's going on. God, I, for his sake, I hope that doesn't happen. He all he is the feel-good story. Do you see the scene of him driving out of the stadium and all the fans that were, I like, did. walking up to his truck? It was so When he had that shovel pass backwards in the Rams game, I thought, oh, no, Jared. Oh, no. <laughs> this has been such a good performance. You're lo- He's throwing darts all over the field. And then you go shovel pass backwards instead of getting a... <laughs> <sighs> don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, I'm trying to uh, pose a question, a poll question on DeAndre Ayton missing last night's game without being like yelled at by somebody. Somebody's definitely going to yell Did at he you. officially become an Oregonian with the move of not attending last <laughs> night's game? <laughs> Is that? That's fine, right? I think so. Where's he from? Where's DeAndre Ayton from? Arizona. Like from the state of I know yeah. he went to college in Arizona. He, stayed, he was in Arizona. He attended Arizona. He got to play in Phoenix. Like he's an Arizona guy and he had snow. Like I. Yeah, he was born in the Bahamas. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Man, it makes sense. Um, this is my favorite NFL playoff weekend. It's it's to me, I enjoy it more than the conference championship game. I enjoy it more than the Super Bowl, and mm. I enjoy it more than Super Wild Card Weekend. Mm. And and I'm I'm being quite frank, it's not really close for me. <sighs> this is a tough one. The Super Bowl, I always throw a little get together, way too corporate. Yes. The conference title games are fun. We get to see who the two best teams in football are to go meet each other. It's only two games. And Super Wild Card Weekend, albeit having the first seven seed win the game against the two seed, I think history, when we look back in the next 15 years, is going to show a lot of teams that shouldn't be in the playoffs, but we had to expand it so we get another game out of it. I would, if the wild card weekend went to the format that it had this year due to the weather, I, I would push back on you a little bit. This is a very uh, first world problem thing to complain about. Having three games in one day is overwhelming. Like, that's too much football. When you have the three game Sunday or whatever day it was supposed to be this past weekend, like, that, that's a lot. That's we, why next year they're probably going to do doubleheader, <laughs> doubleheader, doubleheader. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so if you give me that, because Monday's usually the MLK holiday, so it's usually a day off. So for, not for everybody, but for some people, you give me two Saturday, two Sunday, two Monday, I think I have to lean that weekend because I get a bonus day of football. Now, you're not wrong about the overall caliber. You usually in the division around get better games, closer matchups and all that, and you can get blowouts in the wildcard weekend. But if you give me three in one day on wildcard weekend, that's too, dude, I'm useless from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. I do nothing all day. And that's not easy to pull off because you feel like you got to see every second of it. So if that's the calendar, I agree with you. This is the best weekend of the year. I'm a bigger fan of Conference Championship Sunday. I really love that Sunday. It's, it's a great one Sunday. One day, yeah. it's seven hours. It's... <laughs> It's Let's not commercial go. free though. It not is commercial definitely free. not commercial free. A lot of commercials. I just, I just like the amount of games we get. I think it's the perfect amount. Two games each day, and we're looking at these matchups. We all have different takes on them, but like largely, we could be shocked this weekend. It could have some yep. massive upsets. Or it gets chalk. Are you guys rooting for massive upsets, or are we rooting no. for chalk? I want no. chalk. I want, want chalk? I want Bills and Ravens, Niners and Lions in the AFC, okay. NFC title game. I think those are the most compelling matches. You don't want Mahomes coming to Baltimore? No. I Look, I I'm, I like Mahomes. He's been kind of a bitch at times this year complaining, but he's he's overcome that. I'm a, I'm a fan of Mahomes. I've not gotten tired of him quite yet. I I do, though, this year. Like, give me give me a slight reprieve. Just give me a little bit of a, a break. A year off. He's going to be back next year. Yep. Burrow will be back. Kansas yep. City's not going anywhere. Give me Lamar. Lamar versus Josh Allen in the AFC title. Game. I think for the most part, you want chalk. 
in this. It'll set up great. I think most of the storylines are good. Even if they're, I mean, whoever wins that Kansas City-Buffalo game, yes, you're rooting for Buffalo to get over the hump and get there and put themselves in. But if Kansas City's there, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, I think, I don't know, Tampa against San Francisco. No think, offense to Tampa. We do. I like. I don't need that. Well, what about like no. Green Bay? <laughs> like uh, that one listener's point. Like, what if Green Bay can pull the upset? Well, if you get yeah. Packers Lions and it's in Detroit, then yeah. Oh boy, an I, NFC I Norris competition. I don't know if Detroit can <laughs> handle that. Three straight play on playoff games on. in one season. Let me push back. You're not wrong in this sense. Green Bay would have absolute house money at that point. I could flip what you just did though. Packer fan, ex- ex- extremely happy with the way Jordan Love's looked at the end here. It's a great story. You also don't want to be, you don't want to be the Packers and you lose in the NFC title game to the Lions. The Lions, your whole life, the Lions have been irrelevant. Yeah, and now the Lions are going to win the NFC title game against you to go to the Super Bowl. It's a new world you got to wake up in, man. Oh, that's like the Yankees <laughs> losing to the Rays in the ALCS. Where did this come from? Nobody wants to see that if you're the Yankees. Like I, I, I like Baker. They've been a really fun story. Nobody in their wildest dreams thought the Bucks were going to go to the playoffs this year. I don't. I don't need to see them in the NFC Championship game. I am rooting extremely hard for Detroit to win that game. Really? Detroit deserves it. T- Tampa just won a damn Super Bowl two years ago because Tom Brady wanted to go be a retired guy in Florida. They won one uh, 20 years ago. Like They have multiple championships. The Bucs have been fun. Detroit needs to win that game. Please, for the love of God, Detroit, do not lose that game. We'll go to, we'll go to Will, uh, Will Birchfield here because he's in Detroit, so I want to kind of get the lay of the land. Are you telling me of all the games you have this weekend? <laughs> yeah. That's the one that maybe you're rooting the hardest yes. for a team to win. Be- Not even close. Because look, I I want Lamar in, but if you tell me CJ Stroud AFC title game rookie, you're like, hey, whoa, that can't that came out of nowhere. CJ Stroud going to like a Buffalo? Dude, has that ever has a rookie ever gone to an AFC or NFC title game? I guess Brock Purdy did last year, so I'm an idiot. That has happened before. But I don't know if any rookie quarterback's ever gone to the Super Bowl. We'll have to look that up. But that's at least compelling. Well, Love. Ma- Ma- oh, no, Mahomes was second, second year. year. Yeah, he was first year right. starter, but second year. You've had some of those. Uh, Jordan Love winning, Green Bay going like, oh, wow, they did this first year without Aaron Rodgers. They're back. Like, that's a compelling storyline to me. They haven't won a Super Bowl in a minute. The Niners, obviously, they win. I'm fine. Buffalo, Kansas City. I'm with Swag. Either way, it'll be fun in the AFC title. I am rooting hard for Buffalo to win that game. D- Detroit, though, is they're the team, man. This is your year mm. the Cowboys and Eagles were the two other teams that we thought were talent wise like ooh, would you really put Detroit in that conversation they're both gone you get to play the nine and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home this weekend a team that probably shouldn't even be in the playoffs do not lose that game let's talk with Will Birchfield 97 won the ticket in Detroit he covers the Lions we'll get his thoughts on this matchup against Tampa Bay Ken Barkley at 8 a.m. and a whole lot of other things to get to on the show. Daily Ticker is next with Will Birchfield. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Thursday. We're talking divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and excited for this one. We were just discussing it. Detroit is hosting Tampa. Let's go to Detroit to preview the game. Will uh, Will Birchfield joining us now. 97 won the ticket in Detroit at Birchie underscore kid on Twitter. Will, good morning to you, man. Thanks for the time out here in Portland. Is this a 
like the pressure only grows with each advancing round? Is it like, hey, monkey off the back, we want a playoff game? What's the mood you think inside that locker room going into this matchup against Tampa? I think the pressure was higher last week than it is this week. For one, they were hosting their first playoff game in 30 years. They were looking for their first playoff win in 32 years. And, oh, by the way, they were playing Matthew Stafford, the quarterback who won nothing here in 12 years and then won the Super Bowl the year after asking out. And Jared Goff was playing the team and the coach who kicked his ass to the curb in L.A. So there was a lot of pent-up emotion and incentive in this organization and in the players and coaches to win last week. Now that they're past that, I do think it's a little bit of the monkey off the back, maybe some house money. I think they match up better with the Bucks than they did with the Rams. I mean, there's a chance that the best quarterback the Lions could see if they indeed go all the way to, dare we say, the Super Bowl is Matthew Stafford. I think the path is easier for them now than it was last week in the fact that they get the Bucks at home when they probably thought they were going to have to go back to Dallas. I think some of the pressure – has been eased, and, and just the sense of opportunity has risen. Uh, Will, I want, I want to get to the, the actual matchups and things that you're taking away between Tampa and, and Detroit, who played this year, and Detroit handled them pretty well, played a great defensive game. But I, I, I want to go back a week ago. So they, they have the matchup. You talk about it, the, the Goff, McVay, the, the Lions hosting a playoff game, the City, Eminem, Stafford's return. <laughs> just like how mentally drained... Did you feel at the end of that game once all of the dust had settled? And, and what's the, what was the city like that night? What was it like the next few days? Paint us the picture for us out here in Portland, what Detroit was like in that game, right after the game, and the couple days after. Detroit was beside itself. <laughs> and it was so loud in Ford Field that they set a new decibel record. And the decibel record matched the volume of a jet engine. I mean, it, it, it was deafening inside Ford Field before the game even kicked off. I mean, there were Jared Goff, Jared Goff chants during pregame warm-ups when he takes the field. Then Stafford and the Rams run out to, to, to lustful booze. Then the Jared Goff chants resume. And then during player intros, guys like Goff and Hutchinson and Sam Laporta, who maybe wasn't going to play but rallied to play, and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown get these deafening receptions. And that was before the game even started. I, I ended up on the field for the final four minutes, so the Lions' final drive as they were kneeling out the clock and putting the finishing touches on their first playoff win, as I said, in 32 years. And I took a moment to look up into the crowd. And I'm not kidding when I say this. I, I saw things and heard things and honestly felt things that I will never forget. I, it was deliverance. I, I grown men weeping, fans screaming every time Goff took a knee just to confirm it was real, as if they were in a dream and they were screaming to make sure that what they were seeing was actually happening. And then just waves upon waves of what I called weak-kneed joy. I, I mean, there were people literally collapsing. They were so overcome by emotion. It, it's hard to explain what that win meant to the city. But I think this, this might explain it best. We were talking to running back David Montgomery yesterday, and he said that on his way into the facility on Wednesday morning, he stopped to, to get gas. And mind you, it's one degree here with a <laughs> negative wind chill of negative of 20. And a woman, an older woman, came out of the gas station who happened to recognize Montgomery and approached him in tears and thanked him for the playoff win that she never 
thought she would see. And David Montgomery just hugged her and said, you don't have to thank me. I, I want to thank you for believing. And, and this is a running back and the player who spent his first four seasons with the rival Chicago Bears and, and has only been in Detroit and a member of this team for, shoot, eight or nine months. But he already feels such a, a connection and kinship with the city because they have embraced him and embraced this team as much as any team that I've ever covered. That's such a cool story, man. Let's get to some of the X's and O's. So I'm looking at the numbers on the season. You're looking at two of the better rush defenses in the league. Detroit, I want to say, is top five. I think Tampa's top five as well, and that was a talking point when Tampa uh, beat Philly last week, did a really good job slowing down their run game, and Detroit did a really good job against L.A. for most of that game. Might come down to the quarterbacks. Let me ask you this. Where's the confidence level in Jared Goff? Because he comes out, he's ripping it early in that Rams game, and you're like, damn, good Jared Goff showed up. And then he has the backward like chest pass, fumble thing and you're like no Jared what are you doing like where's the confidence level in him in a, in a big moment that is I mean I, I know that he was in a Super Bowl with the Rams so he's played in these before but a lot of expectations and hope being put on his shoulders the confidence is high in him and I know he had a couple of golf-ish moments last week but he still finished 22 of 27 yeah. for 275 yards a couple of touchdowns and most importantly no picks no turnovers. And when Jared Goff plays turnover-free football, the Lions tend to win. And if he does it again on Sunday, I really don't have much doubt they'll win. Now, the question to me is, can the Lions run it? Because really the only defense all season that, that smothered them on the ground was Tampa. And, and back in week six, they held Detroit to season lows in yards, 40 and yards per carry, I think 1.8. Now, Jameer Gibbs was hurt that game. David Montgomery got hurt that game. So Tampa didn't get Detroit's run game at its best. But that run game, I would argue, has been fueled more by the offensive line than the guys actually taking the ball. And I I think the Lions' offensive line will punch back and measure up on Sunday. Now, that Bucs defense is pretty stout up front. I mean, Vita Bay is as good as it gets on the interior. They've obviously got two legit linebackers in, in Levante David and Devin White. Um, a, a, a all-pro safety in Winfield. Like, they have the pieces to stop the run. But I, I think the Lions will lean on their offensive line again against also an extremely heavy blitzing defense, and, and it'll, it'll carry them on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be an easy win by any stretch, but I do think over the course of the game, the Lions will kind of grind the Bucks down, and, and their talent and strength up front will shine through and say, later stages, third quarter, and most of the fourth quarter. Hmm. Well, we played a clip from your radio station a week ago, where, or two weeks ago, when Dan Campbell, they had lost to Dallas, and he basically calls the host out and says, say what you want to say, say what you <laughs> yeah. want to say. What is he like in a day-and-out basis? Because his voice, he's a very intimidating figure on TV, and his voice always sounds like somebody that's ready to wring your neck, but I just think he's football bro. <laughs> And he's actually very compassionate, very caring, very interested in hearing feedback. What is he like to cover in a day out day out, uh, day in day out basis? Yeah, you you have a, a pretty good read on him. He is compassionate. I would say one thing about Dan Campbell, two things about Dan Campbell that people might underestimate. One, he's got a huge heart. I, I he, he, it's it's why you often see his emotions because he wears that heart on his sleeve. And then two, he's intelligent. Like he is a lot smarter than people give him credit for. And certainly that's true in terms of X's and O's and scheming an offensive game plan. Let's not forget, this guy 
spent five years under Sean Payton, who's considered maybe the best offensive play caller in the NFL right now, and before that under Bill Parcells. So he's been sharp, shaped by some really sharp football minds. But more than that, like he has emotional intelligence, and it's something Jared Goff always says. He has such a keen ability to read a room and connect with each person in there and meet them wherever they are emotionally to motivate them, to drive them, to get them to do what he thinks they need to do for the betterment of the team. So I know he might come across as, as gruff and the kneecap sound bite has been played ad nauseum, <laughs> but there is, there is a deeper intelligence um, and, and emotion to Dan Campbell than I think he gets credit for. Did, can I ask you real quick before we let you go, Will, when, when that clip came out, the, we're going to bite kneecaps and all that stuff, like when that stuff goes viral, like when that happened, did you yourself kind of go, oh, God, we hired just football bro brain PC guy. PC principal. Yeah, and like how quickly, if you, if you did feel that way, how quickly did he kind of sway you? Like, oh, no, this dude gets the X's and O's, he gets the analytics of it. Like, this guy's more together than one soundbite would suggest. I, don't, I didn't have that initial reaction because I, I felt like Dan Campbell was talking to Detroit in that moment, and he didn't really care how everyone else perceived it across the U.S., different fan bases, different national media members, different players. He was talking to a town that has been kicked down so many times, and a town that used to be really proud and still is, but used to be viewed as as sort of a capital of America. And for a long time now, it's been dismissed and it's, and it's been shoved into a locker, so to speak. And so Dan Campbell was just speaking to those people to let them know that he was going to coach a team and instill in his players a, a, a willingness and an eager to punch back. That, that's really what it was about when it, when it came to, you know, you can, you can knock us down the way up, we're going to bite your kneecap, and then we're going to bite your other one because this is a city that has been kicked while it's down, and Dan Campbell decided that that wasn't going to be the case anymore. And his players have really taken that personality on. Like, I think about Jared Goff this year when he kind of fired back, as you guys might remember, at Ryan Fitzpatrick, who yeah. called him a, a poor man's Matt Ryan. And Jared Goff is another guy who has been kicked while he's down. Like, like I said, he got tossed aside in L.A., and everyone in the NFL just agreed that because Sean McVay said Jared Goff was no good, Jared Goff was no good. And now he's punching back. And so the players that Dan Campbell coaches – have really taken on his mentality of swinging back at people who say you're not good enough. And so that message he delivered was for Detroit and for his players, and it's resonated now three years later. Yeah, great stuff. Will Birchfield, go give him a follow on Twitter, at Birchie underscore kid, 97 won the ticket in Detroit. I can't even imagine what it's like right now and what it's been going to be like, hopefully, for weeks to come. Oh, you got jealous. A, you got a couple of fans out here in Portland. You're welcome for Panay Sewell, by the way. Okay, I want an <laughs> oh, honorary man. ring. Panay- <laughs> Panay Sewell is a stud. I just got to say for Panay Sewell, what, what an absolute beast he is. I mean, you talk about someone who represents everything the Lions want to be under Dan Campbell. He, funny story about Panay Sewell. He was out to dinner last week at a hibachi spot, and he ended up sitting next to Alex DeBrinkett, the Red Wings leading scorer, who's a longtime Michigander yeah. and a Lions fan. And DeBrinkett obviously recognized Sewell. 
Sewell had no clue who Dabrinkit was. Dabrinkit <laughs> said he probably thought I was still in high school. So I asked Sewell yesterday if he knew. He said, no, I didn't. I feel bad, but I'll show him love next time I see him. And I asked him, has he ever skated before? And he said, he said I skated one time, and it was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> the skates didn't fit, and I had no clue what I was doing out there. So um, besides maybe a, a lack of talent in hockey, Panay Sewell fits right in here in Detroit. I love it, man. Thanks so much for the time this morning. Hopefully it's a magical ride for weeks to come. We'd love to catch up again next week if they win. And uh, appreciate the time. Enjoy the game this weekend, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. There you go. Will Birchfield. Good stuff on Detroit. It's one of those magical runs, man. I hope it continues for them. Well, you got a Bucks fan texting in. Oh, no, Dirt hates my team. I don't hate your team. <laughs> I actually like – I don't have any issue with the Bucks. I like Baker Mayfield. I it's just the better story is Detroit. You just won right a title yeah. two years ago with Brady. Like, yeah. you're going to be okay. This is the Lions' time, damn it. Hey, sometimes impulsive decisions are bad. But was it necessary this time? We'll get to that next on the fam. All right, Ken Barkley coming up top of the hour. We'll get his thoughts on the division around of the playoffs. He got to it a little bit there in the break. I don't want to do a ton on this. Every national show is beating it, uh, beating the dead horse, what if you will. What are they beating? <laughs> They're beating it? Uh, <laughs> didn't sound Stephen right. Stephen A. Smith, what do you think of the Cowboys? <laughs> I'm, beating I'm beating it. He actually probably would say that on his other podcast. I think he would. Uh, by the way, we are live on YouTube now, so that's in up. Spanish? Uh, I guess. Um, oh. Oh, hola. Hola, como estas? I love getting on YouTube two hours into our show. It's great, you know, better late yeah. than never. True. Uh, Mike McCarthy lost in the playoffs again. He's now 1-3 and three as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. They have elected to keep him after three straight 12-5 and five seasons. Mm. We talked about this on our YouTube special show yesterday. I'm not surprised in the least. What was the reaction, Mike McCarthy, back in Dallas? Let's do it again! Um, I, I'll, I'll put myself in it, stupidly. I, I am surprised. You are? Yeah. Like, this guy, this old bag continues to act like every year that winning the Super Bowl is the end-all be-all. And then he doesn't do anything to try and win the Super Bowl. You just scream to me that it's not. That it's about selling merch, it's about being on the national game so you can get the most eyeballs. Screaming, America's team! Which, yep. by the way, I think they should be stripped of that. It's officially done. Get them the hell out of there. It's been 30 years. 30. What are we doing? Um, I... It seems like a good group of coaches available, coaches that and, – and look, it's not just about a failure in a playoff game. Sometimes it's like, hey, it's the same thing every year. Maybe the a new voice of leadership yes. needs to be ringing in here. Again, great options as coaching candidates, even though I think Belichick to Atlanta seems like a done deal. And the fact that he watched that happen and then said, I just want to do the same thing again next year – like, what's going to change next year? Seemingly, all the important pieces are back. Dan Quinn might even be back if he doesn't get a head coaching gig. You just got embarrassed, embarrassed by the youngest team in NFL playoff history. And that's your solution? That's your scream of, I care about winning? We need to stop with this. This team doesn't deserve the attention they get. No, they don't. And I don't know why we keep giving it to them every single season. Because they're going to be good again next regular season. Yep. They did not beat a team with a winning record on the road. (laughs) I'm looking at it. They beat the Giants to open the season. Oh, we went through the schedule with Joe. They they, they beat up on the really crappy teams, and then they played the legitimate ones. And they should have lost to the Lions. And they should have lost to the Lions. They finally got Philly late in the year. That was their feather in the cap win when they finally beat the Eagles, but they got blown out by the Bills. They got blown out by the 49ers. They lost to the Dolphins, who were not very good in the second half of the season. That was a bad, like, this is, they're the same team every year. And this is what we tried to argue with Joe when he came in. And uh, we're still waiting to have that conversation because the office has been closed all week. It's really not a conversation, man. He 
he got no. in, they got embarrassed and they're bringing the coach back. Like Joe well, I just would want even to know how you, you get to that place mentally of pretending as if like he he was Jerry Jones this year. He pretended as if them losing in the playoffs to a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy last year who wasn't even that good in that playoff game, but they still were not good enough to win. Their thought process going into the offseason was we don't need to change anything. That's what they all they added was Brandon Cooks. Like, what else did Dallas do this last offseason? And we thought that it was going to be a different outcome this year. They got rid of Zeke. He didn't get embarrassed <laughs> yeah. again on that last play so of the year. So they're going to do the same thing now next year. you know year. why I did what I did. Yeah, they're going to win 11, 12 games. They're going to blow out a lot of bad teams because it's hard to win in Dallas in the regular season and the star and everybody gets blown. Oh, my God, the Cowboys. And then they're going to go to the playoffs. They're going to lose again. And it, Jason Garrett was there for 10 years. He went to the playoffs three times. He won two playoff games, and they just kept bringing him back every single he year. Went, he only went three times three in times, 10 years? Three times. He's won more playoff games in Dallas than Mike. Mike McCarthy has in his three playoff appearances. Mike McCarthy now has three playoff appearances. He's won one game. Jason Garrett had three. He won two. I'll give him credit for that. But it's the same thing all over again. There's good offensive minds. Ben Johnson, go hire him. Like, retreading an old coach who doesn't have it anymore, clearly, is just a, a massive mistake. Probably so. my favorite stat from the weekend last week that we didn't get to yet because this week's been weird for us weather-wise. Green Bay has more playoff wins in that stadium than the Cowboys do. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. So Mike McCarthy's back in Dallas, and uh, that's all we're going to talk about the Cowboys because they're not America's team anymore. we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. I'm going to throw some NBA stuff at you in the final hour. You better be ready. better be on your toes I down in your three-point stance. We'll do that. Ken Barkley's going to hop on to start the final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fam.